Welcome to Cocktails for You, where three furry friends shake things up through various mixology adventures. Come join them on their quest to drink like a pro. And when you came inside, dear, my heart grew light and this old world seemed new to me. You're really swell, I have to admit you. Deserve expressions that really fit you. And so Hello and welcome to another episode of Cocktails for You. My name is Brooks the Doggo and joined as always are Corbick and Roken. My two compatriots say hi, guys. Hey, howdy, hey. Hello and good evening. Yes, yes. So, well, technically we are recording this in the evening, but this is an occasion for the morning, for the afternoon, for those of us who like to drink during the day. The best part of waking up. Oh, wait, we're not talking about having booze in your cup. (laughs) Especially during this time is brunch. And some may say it is the gayest meal of the day. I'm not going to say that it isn't because I think it is. So we're going to be talking about brunch cocktails. But before we get into that, we're going to talk a little bit about the history and then is going to give us a marvelous rendition of the history of brunch, the actual poem, or not poem, more like an article in a newspaper that was written up many, many years ago. So without further ado, do you guys know where brunch comes from? A kitchen. Yes, it comes from the kitchen. But in history, many moons back, not just a kitchen, but it begins with a man named Guy Berenger, who, in his innovation to help with his hangover, wrote the famous plea, brunch, a plea, in 1895. So brunch has been around for at least 100 years, (laughs) or actually longer. And without further ado, I think, Roken, for those of you who have never heard or read brunch, a plea, if you wouldn't mind taking things off, When one has reached a certain age, in the frivolities of youth, have pulled one's best thoughts, or turned in the channel of food. Man's first study is not man, but meals. Dinner is the climax of each day. You may have your Shea Cafe afterwards, in the shape of a theatre, music hall, or social gathering. But it is little more than a digestive. Dinner's the thing. The hour between seven and eight is worth all the rest put together. A parallel might be drawn between these 60 minutes and the Nude Cleopatra, but neither in length nor moral tendency would it be suitable to Hunter's Weekly. In these hurrying, worrying, and scurrying days, the sweets of life are too often overlooked, and with the sweets, the ore d'oeuvres, soups, and entrees. To use a theatrical simile, there is a tendency to regard meals solely as the curtain raisers of the day's performances. 
Who has not whirlwind friends who rush in upon him, exclaiming, Let's have a spree tonight, old man. We won't bother about feeding. A chop or steak will about do us. What a pitiable frame of mind. Not that I am a gourmet. I hate the term. I regard a gourmet simply as a gourmand with a digestion. Excessive daintiness in regard to food is merely a form of effeminacy, and as such is to be deprecated. But there is a happy medium. Everything good, plenty of it, variety, and selection. On weekdays, these conditions can without difficulty be fulfilled, but Sunday affords a problem for nice examination. All of us have experienced the purgatory of those Sabbatarian early dinners with their Christian beef and concomitant pie. Have we not eaten enough of them? I think so, and would suggest brunch as a satisfactory substitute. The word brunch is a corruption of breakfast and lunch, and the meal brunch is one which combines the tea or coffee, marmalade, and kindred features of the former institution with the more solid attributes of the latter. It begins between twelve and half past, and consists in the main of fish and one or two meat courses. Apart altogether from animal considerations, the arguments in favour of brunch are incontestable. In the first place, it renders early rising not only unnecessary, but ridiculous. You get up when the world is warm, or at least when it is not so cold. You are, therefore, able to prolong your Saturday nights, heedless of that moral last train, the fear of the next morning's reaction. It leaves the station with your usual seat vacant, and many others also unoccupied. If brunch became general, it would be taken off altogether. The conscience and the care company, limited, would run it at a loss. Their receipts on the other days of the week would, however, be correspondingly increased, and they would be able to give their employees a much-needed holiday. The staff has become rather too obstinate and officious of late, that it must be a case of brunch or morning church. I am, of course, aware... But is any busy work-a-day man in becomingly religious frame of mind after rising between eight and nine o'clock on his only off morning? If he went to bed in a good time the night before, well and good, but Saturday is Saturday and will remain so, more especially from seven onwards. To a certain extent, I am pleading for brunch from selfish motives. The world would be kinder and more charitable if my brief were successful. To begin with, brunch is a hospitable meal. Breakfast is not. Eggs and bacon are adapted to solitude. They are consoling, but not exhilarating. They do not stimulate conversation. Brunch, on the contrary, is cheerful, sociable, and enticing. It is talk-compelling. It puts you in a good temper. 
It makes you satisfied with yourself and your fellow beings. It sweeps away the worries and cobwebs of the weak. The advantages of the suggested innovation are, in short, without number, and I submit it fully that the old regime of Sunday breakfast made room for the new course of Sunday brunch. P.S. Beer and whiskey are admitted as substitutes for tea and coffee. Rightfully so. Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Encore! Encore! You are all too kind. Ah. I never knew that you had such acting skills. I know. Shakespeare would be just in tears. I don't know if he would be in tears over joy. It, well, I mean, we're not we'll just really leave it saying, like that. Just tears, leave it in that. Tears will be had. <laughs> you know, do you think Shakespeare would go to brunch with us? I think no. he would. Maybe. I do not. Uh, he's going to stare at us and go, huh, and then walk away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'd be like, I don't want to share my stage with those fools. Uh, it's like, <laughs> but oh my gosh but no that, that was a I, I you know that was actually really cool to listen to i've read through it but um it, it's definitely interesting just the way he describes things and, and talks about it i do like that uh he does state that beer and whiskey are admitted as a substitute for tea and coffee because you know tea and coffee is great yes drinking <laughs> and brunch have gone hand in hand for since the beginning since the beginning. At some point, somewhere, a kitchen happened and booze, they met together, and there you go. We're not really quite <laughs> sure when the bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys kicked off, but I, for one, am thankful for the mimosas, even though that Roken and I will no longer be drinking endless mimosas together. I feel like this what? is news for Broken. <laughs> That's news for me. What is this? I'm kidding. That's fine. It's mostly because we get into trouble this? together. How about this? <laughs> you two will no longer drink bottomless mimosas, but I will order my bottomless mimosa and just kind of scoot it over to Roken. Oh, I, I see. Like this. <laughs> you have Whatever. enough. Here's some water. More water. It looks like you need more water. <laughs> so besides Ooh. Bloody Marys and mimosas, I think the people need a different type of brunch drink that they can possibly order, maybe even have during their own brunch at their own house. So to kick things off, Corvick, what is your Ooh. drink that you would recommend to the people? That is a great question. I'm not really going to stray too far from what uh, a normal thing is. Um, but, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of mimosas. And that could be because I'm not the biggest fan of Prosecco. love orange juice. So... Something that I could slide into with is probably going to be a beer mosa. Uh, find your favorite Hefeweizen, orange juice, equal parts, or more beer than orange juice, or more orange juice than beer, however you like it. Uh, they're super easy to drink, in my opinion, and a great way to drink beer if you're not a big beer fan. Nice. So, yeah. I, uh, I can't say that I agree because I don't enjoy beer, but I think it would be an excellent alternative for somebody who does not like Prosecco, but wants to have something like it. And again, it could be just maybe I haven't found the right Prosecco for me. Yes. 
Well. You need champagne. Champagne, ah. champagne. Champagne from champagne. Also, I just want to shout out that most bottomless mimosas are a scam. I'm going to say that on record. I I'm don't looking know. at I'm looking at Brooks right now. He's like, "What are you talking about?" All I, the places what? that I've taken you to, it's not a scam. Well, the thing to watch out for is they're usually not using champagne; they're using prosecco, which is cheaper. And then, how much prosecco are they actually using See, in that's, your that's flute? That's what you have to look out for. Is because yeah. sometimes they pre-mix I mean, it in one of those things, and it comes out, and it happens. It's all orange juice. But if you go to the right places. As Roken and I do so often whenever we're together and we do bad things happen afterwards. They definitely do not add a lot of orange juice. <laughs> well, they just want to make sure that you're enjoying yourselves. Now, where I technically live, bottomless has kind of been uh, pushed to the side because technically blue laws here pro prohibit certain things like that. So they sometimes call them different things. But yeah. So, <laughs> moving things along, I decided to go with something different that could be used during brunch, but also many other times of the day. I picked it because it has your daily dose of vitamin C, among other things, and that is a paloma. And a paloma, for those of you who don't know what it is, is grapefruit with tequila, lime juice, simple syrup, or agave, and to top it off, do a little bit of soda water. Simple, tasty, refreshing, 10 out of 10, would recommend. That sounds really good. He's brimming with joy right now because of how much he loves tequila. Ah, uh, yeah, the best ever. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> so, I want to talk about my drink. So, when you think breakfast, what comes to mind? It really depends on what part of the world you live in and your culture, your heritage. But breakfast could involve oats. It could involve, uh, sorry, involve fruit. It could involve, you know, pancakes or waffles. Or, in your case, beans. Well, I do like beans on toast, that's for sure. But a lot of countries have, in some shape of, or, or form, uh, bacon or some sort of meat as well so i know you're kind of looking at me a little strange like what on earth could he be talking about right now and i'm going to put go out on a limb and say the best the best breakfast drink where you can have almost all of that is a maple syrup old-fashioned with bacon as a garnish not that the sounds... route I thought you were going, but that actually sounds <laughs> really sounds good. good <laughs> well, think about it. Think about it. What would be like in it? You would have you would have, you would have bourbon, right? Then you would add, uh, you know, one or two teaspoons of maple syrup. Then you would have, you know, your Angostura, as you normally would, um, preferably with a, uh, you know, sugar cube if you've got it. One to two maraschino cherries. There's your fruit, right? Your orange peel around the rim. There's a little bit of your garnish, your fruit. And then a cooked piece of bacon. Preferably if you've already candied it, which is very simple to do. Yes, that's what um, I was going to say. That sounded even better with candied. Yeah, yeah, I mean... No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, that's all right. I like 
I am a big boy and I enjoy candy bacon. <laughs> well, I, I make a lot of candy bacon or, or candy turkey bacon for my household. And, um, you know, you could use, if you're getting a thick cut, you can even use it as a stirring rod. Think about that. You've got everything a breakfast has. Some sweet, some meat, some fruit, and the most important thing, drink. 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 Yes. I love it, and I love brunch, and now I want brunch. I actually love, I, I, I really want to go to brunch right now and have yeah. more <laughs> The funny thing is, <laughs> yes, uh, bottomless I, I would love, there's a, there's a restaurant here called Magnolia House, and it is phenomenal. I would love to take you both when you come visit to Magnolia House by where I work, because they do brunch right, um, and it's always busy. It's one of those that you, even at 9 o'clock in the morning, you're probably going to wait an hour. To get in. Well, I'm down for some point in the future when we do. I'm 100 down, but I do yeah. have a I do have a question that I believe most of our listeners, Corbett, most of our listeners, I believe, would be thinking the same question. Earlier, you said in your area, because of blue laws, you have restrictions on what you can and cannot do, and that they call bottomless things different names. So my question for you is, if they don't call them bottomless mimosas, do they call them topless mimosas? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, topless mimosas. That's, that's a way to go. Or does that um, happen after you've had many mimosas? Uh, <laughs> depends on the person. and Because, uh, you know, sometimes they say uh, tequila makes your clothes fall off. But <laughs> um, no, here they're... Uh, Got me on that one. Uh, they 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 call them. Um, oh my gosh! One restaurant out here calls them uh, like a mimosa fountain. The idea that it is always flowing, type idea. Um, another one called it a mimosa river, um, just because there was restaurants out here who did not advertise bottomless um, drinks uh, for the fact that they could get in trouble um, and get fined. So. Somebody had made a list of all these restaurants. So, yeah. You just got to know what you're looking for. So, I dig it. All right. I am so down for that. Now I want bottomless <clears throat> mimosas. Somebody quickly take me over to Boca in Sarasota. Guess who has several bottles of Prosecco in well, my room? That's great. Doesn't really help us. Mimosa <laughs> time. Good for Plus, you, good sir. I know. Just scoop wow. the orange juice. Just stick a straw in the bottle. I don't have any juice, unfortunately, <laughs> so I'll just have to drink the Prosecco. Uh, you're <laughs> suffering, I know. I can just see it. Old well, school mimosa. No uh, juice, just drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, gentlemen, I think it's time for us to head off. Corvick, what is it that we always say? Something, 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 something. No, everybody remember <laughs> the best drink in the world is the one you enjoy. So bottoms up. Have a great day. Or topless off. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for visiting Cocktails for You. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>